And today, this morning, I want to, I want to uh, talk to you about the news of the kingdom. Now, uh, you've probably listened to a lot of news this week. Yes? Not too much? Oh, you're a blessed if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, again, you know, information is wonderful. But as believers, we need to get kingdom news. We need to get kingdom news. And we talked about, you know, divine payback, the divine they, this morning, it will be the divine forecast, all right? And, you know, there will be a few more divine things uh, that we'll also, uh, you know, uh, reference today. Uh, and so I have some scripture verses that we'll put up. And the, the, the idea is to show you the forecast of heaven. There's a rain forecast. God made a rain forecast, you know, way back in the Old Testament. Peter, you know, in the upper room began to, you know, uh, uh, make some clarity to it. And said that that rain forecast is now taking place. He said, this is that. This is the rain. This is the happening of the forecast. So, let's just, when we read these, see it as a forecast. God's forecast. All right, do we have them? You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain. For so you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. He shall come down like rain upon the grass before the mowing, like showers that water the earth. For I will pour water on he who is thirsty. And floods on the dry ground. And I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourses. That is your offspring. Let my teachings drop as rain, my speech distill as dew. As raindrops on the tender herb and as showers on the grass. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So are those scriptures this morning. Let me make mention to that passage of scripture in John 14, 18. I will not leave you alone or orphans or comfortless. I will come to you. This is not just a promise that was made for a specific prophetic fulfillment when the Holy Spirit came one time. This is a heaven forecast that says... I will come to you. Hallelujah. When 
you feel like an orphan. When you feel that comfort isn't evading you. And you can go ahead and dissect that and, you know, bring into play all of those things that might cause that type of thing to happen in your mind and in your life. And so the heaven forecast is, he says, don't worry. There may be as Jesus was you know, speaking to them that there was an absence that was going to take place or be in their life, but that absence and that void was going to be filled. It's a heavenly forecast. Something that the Holy Spirit, who's been authorized to do, when he has come, he will do this. How many know that he has come and so there's things that he's going to do. He's going to carry out the mission that heaven sent him for just as Jesus carried out the mission that heaven sent him for. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes, I would not be amiss when I tell you that rain is on the way. Rain is on the way. Isn't it interesting that before the rain comes, there's turbulence? It is what is known as a change zone. <clears throat> that often turmoil and unstable weather patterns and those fronts around us, those masses of different temperatures and the densities that as they begin to converge together. Because there's rain that's coming oh yes clouds happen before the rain it would seem that the majority of God's stories are always set up in the midst of crisis, in the midst of the impossibilities. Oh, yes. That chained zone that takes place. Now, let me, let me give you a perspective. When you see these things, right? What is the purpose of seeing these things? It is to know what's coming. <laughs> it is a time clock. In Matthew 24, when the disciples, you know, asked the question, when shall these things be? Jesus began to expound, you know what I mean? The eight, the nine, the 10, the 11, and the 12. When you see, it is, it is not so much a prophetic declaration, you know what I mean, of the horribleness that happens in the earth. It is an acute time system telling the church, telling the believer where we're at in the time frame of God's itinerary. Yeah. 
When Paul writes to Timothy and said, in the last days, perilous times will come. He begins to give us, you know, a specifics so that we know where we're at in the time frame of God's kingdom. Sometimes we just preach about, you know what I mean, the, 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 the issue and we miss calculating the time. Think about it. Yes, time. The sons of Iskar were wise enough that they knew the time and they knew what to do, you know, according to that time. Praise the Lord. So, you know, it's not so much the storm clouds that you want to try and discover is this what is God saying that he's going to do because the storm clouds, you know what I mean, have come and are represented in a particular hour of as he calculates it. This happens first, that happens second, you know what I mean? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. The ultimate purpose of clouds is to bring the blessing that's in the rain. There's a blessing. In the rain, we read the scriptures. The blessing in the rain. Let's talk about a moment, God's stories and divine intervention. What is divine intervention? Divine intervention is when God steps in and changes the outcome of a situation. In all of those verses that we read, and other ones that we could share with you, you know what I mean? You will see drought. You will see barrenness. You know what I mean? You will, you will see desert. You will see no fruitfulness. And God speaks to every one of them. I will pour out my rain. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. In Matthew chapter 14, and also in Mark, are two stories of the disciples who are in a boat and they encounter a storm. They are both in obedience to the Lord. They are both fulfilling the command of Jesus at the moment and at the time. And as they're crossing the seas, they encounter some storms. They encounter those storms. Oh, yes. You see, God's stories are often written in the storm. We often are consumed by the storm and we miss the story that God is writing in the storm. Those hidden blessings in the storm of life. Let me give you a couple of things that are designed to come out of the storms that we see in these passages regarding these scriptures. Storms are God's means of transportation. Oh, yes. They are God's means of transportation. Think about it deeply. 
The very thing the disciples feared was the very thing the Lord used to reveal himself to them. When they looked up, they did not recognize him because they were so consumed by the storm. They thought he was a spirit, thought he was a ghost. He was neither. He was Jesus. Oh, yes. There is a revelation. There's a, an illumination that comes that God is trying to reveal in those storms. He comes in this passage of Scripture in the face of darkness. It was the fourth watch, which is between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. He comes in the darkness. He comes in the face of disaster. Mark's record says that those disciples were rowing and toiling with all their might and they were not making any headway. He comes on the face of the deep, walking on the water. What he's saying is this, is he is saying the storm was not, let me see, he was not saying the storm was not fierce. He was saying that he was greater than the storm. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. He's greater than your storm, than our storm. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So storms are God's means of transportation and revelation. Storms are God's means of testing to reveal Jesus. To reveal the real Savior. They did not recognize him. And yet he came with a message. He came with a message of peace. He came with a message of power. And he came with a message of potential. When he said, do not be afraid, he's saying there's potential if you're not afraid. There's a transportation that's going to take place if you're not afraid. Storms are God's means of testimony. I wonder... Well, the Bible records it, but I wonder how many times those disciples sat at the table and, or at a campfire or whatever might have been the setting and told the story. How many churches were they in and were delivering a sermon and they reached back and told the testimony There's a message of peace, there's a message of power, and there's a message of potential. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. They testify of his power, and they testify of his person. Jesus is God. Who is this? At the winds. The waves obey him. Oh, yes. You see, we need to get our eyes off the storm 
in upon the Jesus, away from the clouds, so we can see the rain. At times, it might seem that it's so small and insignificant, you know what I mean, that it could never develop into something. But Elijah had a heaven forecast. And when he saw that small cloud, the size of a man's hand, that's not a very big cloud. I don't know if I've ever seen a cloud that small. Think about it. Even evangelistic speaking, that's, that's not big. <laughs> Size of a man's hand. But he recognized that there was potential. That behind the cloud, there was a rain forecast. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I mean, look out. So storms are designed to bring us to a place of worship. Because that's what happened here. To bring us to our knees before him for all he is and all he does. They fell down and they worshiped him. A little worship. Because revelation came. The heavenly forecast is that there is a rain coming. Absolutely. When that rain comes, there's refreshing where there's been dryness and barrenness. When that rain comes, rivers begin to develop. John seven thirty seven. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given. We don't have to wait for rivers or for the Holy Spirit. He's looking for dry runs <laughs> or low rivers just to fill. Absolutely. A river speaks of a conduit or a channel. It is going to take water to places that are needed. It's just not your personal, you know what I mean, excitable, enjoyable, splash around, you know, in the ground pool. It is a conduit. It is a channel. God's got somebody, someplace. There's dryness somewhere. There is barrenness somewhere. There's a crop somewhere that needs its ridges watered. The Holy Spirit is also depicted as a wind. That is, to let us know that he is a God of power and a God of guidance. Something that breathes new life. It's dynamic, it's irresistible, it's unstoppable. 
How many have ever stopped the wind? Jesus said to Nicodemus, you can't tell where it's coming or where it's going. But it still does what wind does. Holy Spirit, you know, in this rain has a wind. There's a, it's referred to as an oil. So whatever God has called you to, there's an anointing for that work. Not only is it an anointing for that work, but the Holy Spirit also makes you sensitive to truth and air. First John chapter 2, verse 20. For you have an anointing from the Holy One. And he goes on to talk about not only truth, but air. How many think we could use some of that type of oil today? <laughs> Amen? Absolutely. Then, of course, we've talked a little bit about the wine. That's that new work of God. Holy Spirit is a fire. There are things that bind us and grip us and, you know, uh, in, in shackles that the enemy has imposed upon us. And the Holy Spirit comes with a fire, begins to, you know, burn it away. To let the prisoner go free. And I love that the Holy Spirit is a dove. You know, the Holy Spirit is just waiting to come and rest upon us. Yes, he is a worldwide, you know, you know, movement. But it's not just a worldwide movement. It is a personal movement where the Holy Spirit is looking to be able to come, you know, and rest upon us in a personal way. When Noah sent out, you know, the raven and the dove, the dove was just looking for a place to rest its soul of its feet so not just a total wave world revival but an individual personal revival the dove of the Holy Spirit heaven's forecast that divine visitation that divine, you know, is going to rain. Something that's orchestrated by God. Because in every one of those scriptures, it was, I will, I will, God will, God will. But as you go ahead and, and, and follow the visitations of God, there is Always, outside of in the beginning of creation, there is always the collaboration of God and man whenever he visits. Absolutely. Visitation that requires human commitment. A divine invitation that... When heaven and earth work together, Abraham, collaboration with God and man. Noah, collaboration between heaven and man. Loaves and fishes, collaboration between heaven and a little boy. Are you getting the picture? 
The birth of Jesus. Collaboration between heaven and Mary. Oh, hallelujah. God is seeking human collaboration. God awaits for our yes. And once there is a yes, hallelujah, then he pours out the rain. He pours out the rain. Think about this. The power of your yes, the power of my yes, the knot of Eve's disobedience was loosened by Mary's obedience. Let me say it again. That knot of Eve's disobedience was loosened by Mary's obedience. Think about it. You can loosen the knots of previous generations by having loving obedience to the master. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. This visitation of the Lord according to Isaiah 35. Look at what what happens. Total reconstruction. Barren land becomes fruitful. Notice what it says. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It'll blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. They shall see the glory of the Lord in the excellency of our God. The eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf be unstopped, the lame shall leap like a deer, the tongue of the dumb shall sing, water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert, the parched ground shall become a pool, the thirsty lands of springs, the grass with reeds and rushes shall all, you know. What does that come from? Rain. Just as all of that takes place in the natural, that is also what takes place, you know, when the heavens reign of the Holy Spirit of God finds collaboration. When Jesus brought light into the world, it happened because God allowed the day spring from on high to visit the earth to bring that light into the darkness. Recognizing it. The day spring from on high has visited us. When that happens, past promises, past prophecies are turned into reality. You begin to see tangible results because God steps in with a solution. You see, when God steps in, and that's what he said he will do, I will come to you. The man at the gate, beautiful. He was positioned there, but nothing was beautiful in his life. Nothing was beautiful in his life. But when God stepped into the matter, He brought him out of that undesirable condition. And the beauty and the potential that was there was restored into his life. 
He not only got a natural blessing that had to do with his physical body, but that hope that all mankind needs was restored. I don't know how many times he may have went and testified as he would face people that he had counter in his life and they would tell them their, their story, their real story, their lameness, their inability to walk. In his story. He could tell. I was there for 38 years. And Jesus stepped in. (laughs) This Jesus is something else, church. Hallelujah. The widow of Zarephath was facing the worst nightmare in her life. It was her last meal. Death was staring her in the face. Then came a visit from God. Death and loss was defeated. I don't know if you've ever been between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army. (laughs) But some people have. Aren't you glad that God steps in? Amen. He's no respecter of persons. Do you recognize him when he steps in? Do you recognize him when he's walking on that troubled water? That storm that's raging? How about blind Bartimaeus? How about the madman of Gadaria? Those demons had divine visitations. Then how about Zacchaeus? He didn't have a lot of natural crisis, but he had a spiritual crisis. He had a visitation. What happens when the rain comes? And I'll wrap this up because... I believe that the rain is coming. The rain is God opening up the gate of blessing. There's a promise. You know what I mean? Of prosperity and assurance when he says, in due season. I will give you rain in its due season. And its land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. When the rain comes... It's an extension of the good things in one's life. Plants grow and they thrive in those rainy seasons. Yes. Amazing doors are opened to God's children. The rain season of God also speaks of the outpouring of the word of God. 
Deuteronomy 32, let my teachings drop as rain, as showers on the grass. Sounds good to me. Amen? This, this, this rain, as my musicians come this morning, prevents destruction and shows that hope is not gone. When the rain comes, listen to this now, church. It releases untapped resources. When the rain comes, you discover sowing seeds which did not grow. It unlocks the earth. It unlocks as the farmer with much patience waiting for the rains that brings forth both the former and the latter rain. And the promise of that happening in the same month. When the rains come, the water level increases. Tributary streams join together and become a stronger river. Oh, hallelujah. Another thing that happens and something we desperately need this rain for, and that is the gates of your enemy open up. God's governmental anointing begins to spread throughout the country. A greater spiritual awareness throughout the land. But know this also, that the devil also increases his activity. Always. Therefore, we must be more diligent How many like more rain? Yeah. We need a collaboration. I felt the Lord say this, and I want to wrap this up with that, with this. God has made the forecast. How can we collaborate with God? we prepare for the rain number one you need to detox your heart our greatest temptations come from within Psalms 26 says examine me O Lord and prove me try my mind and my heart Detox your heart. In one of our Wednesday night prayer meetings, the Lord, you know, just in conversation, one of the people that was praying, you know, talked about purity of heart. Purity of heart. And you immediately you 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 it registered. That was a God word. 
detox your heart. Detox your eyes. Turn my eyes away from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. It's a recalibration. Yes, our eyes wander on wrong things. Colossians chapter 3 set your affections. Turn your eyes. Detox your words. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You see, I don't want it raining someplace else and not on me. Rain on me. It was Hosea that said, you need to prepare the soil for the rain. Break up the fallow ground. These are not sins that we are neglects that, you know, might frequently be heard from a platform of preaching. You know what I mean? No. It's just detox. Detox your words. Your words, meditation, be acceptable in the, in the sight of the Lord. You know how important words are. The power that they have. And then detox your actions. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Act intentionally. Steer away from evil when it's near. Don't let any iniquity have a dominion on you. Not just our life, but our daily life. Not just our paths, but each of our steps. Amen? Hallelujah. The rain. Stand with me is. Is coming. I will pour. Water on he who is thirsty. Floods. On the dry ground oh hallelujah how many say amen today seriously you know what I mean if God be for us who can be against us heaven's forecast is it's going to rain it's going to rain and it's not just going to rain in other parts of the world it's going to rain in our part it's going to rain in your world it's going to rain in my world and the prophet said this Ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask for it. Ask for it. Holy Spirit, rain. Rain on me, Lord. Don't pass me by. Yeah. 
He says, get your request in. Make your request. Be willing to collaborate, hallelujah, with God. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't miss those small indicators. Don't miss the small indicators. In comparison to the situation, they're hardly noticeable. But there is going to be a development. That small indicator is going to turn into full blessing. Amen. That wave and that storm and that trouble is not meant to swamp you. It's meant to transport you. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Absolutely. God bless you. Go with God. Amen. Because I believe that's what the heavenly forecast is. Amen. Those other things that I see, those wars and rumors of wars, the falling away and all of that, they don't get my attention. They just tell me what time it is. Hallelujah. And therefore, because I begin to recognize what time it is, it makes me to be able to apply my heart more wisely in the days that God has given me. Hallelujah. In preparation that there's blessing in the cloud. Go with God because he's going with you. Amen. Jesus' name. Thank you so much.